You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. That beautiful lady is Avalon. And that saucy, sassy lady in a hat is Diana. Welcome, Welcome to Femmes Blames. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell right now, but we're both wearing fancy outfits. We so. both decided, okay, so one of the things that we have in common of a million things in common is that we both really like dressing up, dressing silly, embracing a theme. And why have we not been doing that on the podcast, you might ask? Well, now we are. Probably because nobody but us can see us when we're recording. But But that's okay. I'm just hoping that James doesn't come over to do his laundry while I'm dressed like I am, which is like a little minx. I hope that he doesn't either because that would be uncomfortable for you. But I'm really happy that I get to see this outfit because it's adorable. All right, but we won't talk about it because we don't want to give away the theme. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what is Femsplained? <laughs> Femsplained is a podcast, first of all. But it's not just any podcast. It is like a girls-only clubhouse podcast where Diana and Avalon, two queer-identified femme-awesome humans, uh, get to nerd out over something that they feel really passionate about. And we take turns each week nerding out over something that we are each respectively passionate about. Oh, that's so awesome. But it doesn't necessarily mean that people of all genders, non-gender, can't listen, laugh, and experience this podcast with us. But we feel like it is important and also super powerful to have a femme-led, candid conversation about our experiences in nerd culture. (gasps) Heck yeah! So that is our, I don't know, that's our mission statement. That's what we're here to do. That's what we've been doing now for three podcasts, and I think it's been pretty successful. I've had a hell of a lot of fun doing it. I've had so much fun, and I've learned so much about you and myself and Toonami. Toonami! I'm I'm so excited, yeah. Um, And we've had a lot of really great interactions with people who are listening to the podcast, which is so phenomenal. So cool, so kind of confusing. But really validating and just amazing. Yeah, we really want to thank our friend Maggie. Maggie! Oh, Maggie. She reached out to us and made us an amazing banner with her own art skills and magic. She made it in, like, two hours. She is just, like, phenomenal. Um, yeah, I was, I mean, I was so flattered and excited and happy and it was so cool. She drew both of us with our like podcast ensembles, <laughs> ensembles. Um, and it was really charming and I'm excited that we've gotten to put it on our iTunes page, I think, as well as our, yeah, like different kinds of banners. We've gotten to use that cool yeah. picture. Yeah, and we put a link on our website to her art blog that she's doing now um, oh, to I just kind of showcase what she's looking at. Yeah, it just happened uh, yesterday. I just fixed it. Thanks for letting me know. You're welcome. Sarcasm. And Oh, all right. 
And uh, I also wanted to make a little bit of a shout out to Derek as well, who has been like really active with us on Twitter and engaging a lot with the podcast. And I am just really excited to get to know people who are really into the same kind of things that we are and who are excited to talk about them with us because I think that's just as fun. Well, thank you, Derek. And hello. I haven't interacted with you like Diana has, but I am equally appreciative. So <laughs> is there anyone else whose asses we need to kiss Diana? Uh, not yet, but that next week it could be you. Yay! So I can't wait. I, or I hope. I can only hope. Oh, mm-hmm. I like your mug. What are you drinking? It's got butts on it. Um, I'm drinking whiskey. And coffee? Or just whiskey? No, just whiskey. In a mug? In a mug. Well, it's... Look, I need, need to wash to my dishes, all right? Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> what am I drinking? A very fancy wine. In a very fancy wine glass, actually. Not just a normal <laughs> wine glass. It, well, it has a stem, which to me is fancy. To me, you're fancy. I love you. Love you, too. All right. So, last week, Diana was femsplaining to me about something that she is debatably too passionate about, except there's no such thing on this podcast as being too passionate. And that was the video game franchise, Dragon Age. And yeah, it's amazing. You should listen to that episode. Look forward to when we're going to talk about it a little bit more later in another episode coming up. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yes, I'm pretty excited about it, but I don't want to talk about it yet. Um, So yeah, so Dragon Age, very cool. And I had the opportunity to ask lots of questions, to learn a lot, and to listen to Diana's sultry, soothing voice. (laughs) You're so welcome. Uh, And this week, though, it's Avalon's turn. (laughs) And she's going to femsplain to me. But... In tradition, to keep the impatient TLDR listeners happy, we're going to let Francis, the mansplainer, introduce the topic first with one minute on the clock. All right, putting one minute on the man watch and go. Rocky Horror, not a fan. Uh, been once to see it at the theater. Uh, would have preferred to have caught it on television because when I went to the theater, they made a whole big to-do about welcoming me. Oh, new folks, here, here's a big lipstick V on your forehead. And then you go into the theater with your popcorn, and if they care so much about me being new and they're so stoked to see me there, why the hell are they talking through the whole thing? I can't get in on the jokes if I can't hear what they're saying on the screen. Um, I was really excited to see a movie with Tim Curry and more importantly, Meatloaf, hello. Um, And I didn't really get to understand the plot or the lines or the character motivations. So the whole thing just seemed kind of silly. I do like the Time Warp song. We danced to it at many a sweet 16 in my youth. But on the whole, it's like Led Zeppelin or Monty Python. If you don't get in on it when you're in eighth grade, then the fans will just ruin it for you for the rest of your life. So Francis gives it a man B minus. So that was Francis's explanation of this week's theme for which I will be explaining, which is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. 
Oh my God, I'm so excited. And that is why we're all dressed up in fancy lingerie and boas and hats and gloves. silky gloves that Avalon yeah. spins. <laughs> I do. I'm excited. I have to keep taking it off to wake my computer back up, but then I'll just put it back on. Yeah. I'll right. stay in character as yeah. a Rocky Horror authority. Okay. The character I'm playing. So, okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. So, Here's the thing. I am I am and should be. I, I am a little bit more familiar with Rocky Horror Picture Show. As a little definitely more than I was about Toonami. However, I should know more about Rocky Horror Picture Show having been a theater kid and yeah. having been a sex pot um you know <laughs> like yeah. i feel like i should definitely know more about it and really all i know is this i mean i know that tim curry has something to do with it i know Oof. that i was in a rocky horror thing but it was like we just played the movie on a screen and then we were all dressed in lingerie and we were all drunk. So, like, I didn't really absorb a lot about the material. I know some of the music. I've seen the movie before. But I don't know, like, a lot about the culture. I don't know a lot about the facts about the movie. So I have a lot that I want to learn. I honestly don't understand how you participated in in the shadow cast, but don't know about it. Cause that's, is like, that what that's called? The shadow cast? Is yeah, that a thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what were you, um, were you a Transylvanian? Were you just there for that dance number or were you a character? Um, did you do the pass? I did. Everybody did the time warp. Uh, did this you do was it a, like, as a part of the show or as a part of the audience? We did it. All right. I'm feeling really stressed already. <laughs> Don't feel stressed. Uh, so I'm not sure if I remember whether or not I did it on the stage or like in the eye. Some of us were like in the aisles or something like that. Yeah. But, that but you, were, much... you were asked to be there. You weren't just. Yeah, I was like there on purpose, but okay. we all pretty much got really wasted beforehand we did that the audience was drunk we were drunk we basically all just put the movie on and then and then wiggled around on stage so um it, did, did you rehearse at all i think like once or something but only the people who were being characters okay. did anything so you at were rehearsal. Yeah, yeah some i guess so okay. uh, i'm this telling also you that you like, were transylvanian i was like <laughs> 19 years old sure this good. is 11 years ago now i don't really remember that much about the show oh it's that's literally 11 years ago i'm not gonna take 11 years ago as an excuse it, <laughs> it clearly didn't matter to you uh, it, <laughs> and that's yeah. fine <laughs> but you can tell me a lot about the animorphs and that was a lot more than 11 years ago <laughs> Okay, fair enough. That's very true. So, okay, can you give me like a brief just summary of of Rocky Horror Picture Show to just refresh my memory about the overall story here? Because I remember, you know, lots of lingerie and Tim Curry and a corset. But Okay, so 
I mean, I don't know if I'll be refreshing your memory because it, it makes me think that maybe these things were never in your memory to begin with. <gasps> but <laughs> the Rocky Horror Picture Show was a stage musical in the early 70s in London by Richard O'Brien. And then a few years later, it was made as a film using most of the same music and some of the same actors, including Richard O'Brien, made in America. The production in both cases was supposed to be like a, a very sexy spoof on like bad 50s sci-fi horror movies. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes also, a lot of sense. Because it was born on the stage in London in the 70s and there's a lot of like really amazing like goth deviance sort of things happening like those flavors are very much in it it's not just a um not just a satire uh or a spoof on sci-fi movies it it clearly also is bringing in a lot of dimensions of like weird gender fluidity and and things like that um that i think speak to the sort of like london early 70s thing that was going on absolutely and when it was a Stage show first, which yeah. I didn't really realize because I always see performances where the movie is being highlighted. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes so, you'll see a performance where it's the musical, but it's a lot less frequent. Yeah, I have yet to, I think, see a performance like that. Okay, so the, when it was a stage show originally... Mm-hmm. Was this a thing that was popular right away, or was this, like, your traditional, like, cult thing that got popular, like years later the you stage know? thing yeah I'm, I'm kind of wondering about the stage yeah, thing so i would have to imagine that the stage I, I don't know that much about it um i would have to imagine the stage thing had to have some sort of a following because i cannot imagine how else that movie got greenlit it really makes right. no sense for that movie to have been made Yes, um, that it's so strange, it's especially for strange. the time period considering. And, and like, like, I know yeah. the budget wasn't great. I mean, the, the stars of the movie are constantly being interviewed about it. And they're constantly being like, we were in an abandoned mansion that like had no roof. And like, we all got pneumonia because it was raining. And like, we had one long weekend to film. So it's not like it had a crazy budget, but it had some budget. Um, and I, I have to think that that could only have been based on the success um, on the stage. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it had yeah. to have some sort of following. Right, uh, and then I think when the movie came out, it didn't have a following for a few years, and it was almost kind of like a the room thing. Right, like a, a yeah. yeah cult following. Um, Correct, yeah. Maybe less mocking than the room, but certainly the audience participation, the fact that it just stayed in... I don't think it's ever not been out of theaters. I feel like it, it might have the record for being the longest run of a movie in theaters because it's been playing since, like, 1975 somewhere. Okay, I have so many questions about that. Okay, yeah. so the, the audience participation thing. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? How does that start happening? Like, totally people organically. just do it. Yeah, people are just obsessed with this weird movie that's in the theaters once a week, every Friday in their town, and they just come up with inside jokes. It's the same group of people that are there every week, and then suddenly everybody else is saying the call-outs that somebody said last week, and it just morphs into this creature for, like, I mean, it's been, like, what, 50 years? Right, and pe- but people say the same stuff. Like, Well, so here's what's or, interesting to me. I have to imagine originally it was kind of like, 
I mean, pre-internet, nobody has the scripts for the call out. It's like word of mouth. It's a matter of you being there all the time. But I have been to Rocky Horror um, shows in a few different regions of the United States and the callbacks differ. Oh, they do. They do. Okay. It's almost like when you're thinking about elementary school and you're like, how the fuck did everybody know Cinderella just dressed in yellow? Like, right. It's just like viral. It's just word of mouth. It's oral history. And it's kind of the same thing. And the callbacks morph to go with different like pop culture things that are relevant. Like the last time I went to one, one of the like, one of the callbacks that kind of where the punchline is that somebody died, uh, is now like they're now saying like a Steve Irwin thing. Whereas when I was, you know, when I was younger, oh, Steve Irwin's death, it was somebody else. So it's just, I mean, it's kind of like an organic breathing being. Um, and it, and it does vary from theater to theater, state to state a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, um, something I didn't know. I just kind of assumed it was like a thing that like originated in one place and then became, uh, an established yeah. part of the show, but it really is just this viral, uh, fan created idea, which is crazy. And there are certain things that I feel like are like, are wrote, you know, like it, everywhere you go during the scene where someone proposes a toast, like people have brought toast to the theater and they throw it at the screen. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But the, but the callbacks, yeah, they're like, they evolve. It's weird. It's weird. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's weird to me is that I, I, I think if I remember correctly, like some of the call outs are like in totally mundane moments, like that don't really have any sort of importance on the screen. Like like yeah. even like the toast things, it's that's not like a big moment no. or anything, but but people throwing toast, like that's that's Yeah, absolutely funnier than what's happening on the screen. Yes. They've like enhanced the movie. And they're or like the nonstop. Show. I mean, you, the callouts don't tend to talk over an actor's lines. Usually they'll, like, slip a punchline in between lines. But it it's not like there's, like, it happens, like, five or six times. It's the whole movie. People yeah. are saying things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So. And I would imagine, see. like, if you hadn't seen the movie beforehand. So I had seen the movie several times before I saw, like, a live Shadowcast show. Um, and I feel like if it's your first experience seeing it with people yelling, like I, I can't, I that can't was imagine my first how that experience. builds your connection with it. Yeah. So then yeah. your connection you're building with the experience of being there, but you're not building any kind of connection with the movie itself. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't have to, but I think it, for me personally, I'm, I'm glad that I had like a lot of history with the movie before then. Yeah. I think that that would have made more sense to me because I was so my my first experience with it was me being cast in the shadow cast. Sure. That was literally so I didn't really get what exactly was happening. I wasn't in on the joke like everybody else was like okay. when I saw yeah. it for the first time. So I think I just didn't get invested in what was happening. I just, you know, it was auditioned fun. for a show and yeah. then and then you got to wear lingerie and be drunk. Exactly. And that's really uh, like, that, I mean, I, I was being critical of that earlier just because I wanted to be judgy. Um, but I think that, I mean, that's, that, that's what it is. You know? <laughs> so, that's the spirit. That's the spirit of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I want to know, have you, have you 
been in productions of Rocky Horror Picture Show yourself? Have you been in any like shadow cast or like regular productions of it? Yeah, I haven't been in a regular production of it because one, well, okay, mostly because you have to sing. Like it's actual acting, it's actual singing of the songs. Whereas when you're in the shadow cast, you're um, like miming the whole thing in time with the film. <laughs> Right, so right. my strengths do not lie in singing, um, but I can dress up and mime just as yeah, well yeah. as any other young mime. So, yeah. um, so I have been in shadow cast. Yeah, I, I had a lot of history with it before I was in the shadow cast. But the reason I tried out for it is because the person I was dating at the time had been not involved in a shadow cast before, but she had been one of those people who like went every week. Um, oh yeah. 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 And so she was recorded for my university's production of it as the person who knew all the callbacks and who kind of like, it was kind of like a, a co-producer kind of thing. So like offered a lot of creative feedback. And then also during rehearsals was like yelling the callbacks so that the actors didn't get tripped up by them. Um, oh my God, that's so smart. I never yeah. even thought about that. It's that I, I don't know that I ever would think of that, but anyway, so that was why she was involved because wow. she was just considered sort of like a, like a reference authority on it. Um, and so because she was involved in that capacity, I auditioned with my then best friend, um, who was an aspiring actor and I got it and my friend didn't. And I don't oh. know if it was because my girlfriend was, like, helping run it. I don't... My girlfriend wasn't, like, on the casting committee. It, it felt a little weird. Um, yeah. If... I mean, maybe it wasn't, but I just... It made me nervous. It was the worst audition I've ever done. The audition was that you had to read... You had to, like, dry read a script you'd never seen before. And it was the script from, like, a porno... And it was in front of not only the casting people, but everyone else auditioning. You had to, like, stand up in front of, like, 20 people and, like, decide how into that you were going to get. And, like, for me, that's not good. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that's not, like, anxiety is, is not a situation, or an assessment is not a situation in which I feel inspired to go over the top and be sexy like another, like, like a theater major might. And so in, I literally just read it. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I kind of feel like it might have been fishy that I got it because I, yeah. I don't know. But I was given the role of Magenta, who plays the like housemaid, who is like extremely flat in affect. So maybe that's it. Oh, she also has giant red okay, hair okay. and I have giant red All hair. All right. So she's not like super animated because okay no, i'm thinking she's not like columbia is the character that's like tap dancing and her voice is really like eh. that's the one yeah, okay I yes one. i was the one okay. who barely speaks has very 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 heavy like mascara and like frizzy big red like hair and is yes in a, in a okay outfit. yeah okay all right i know that so i'm bad not, with the names like of the characters but i know that one. character but yeah no. so, and also like well, you didn't really need to be able to act anyway you just needed to be able to memorize the lines to lip sync them and so you know i'm taking it too seriously but um so yeah i got that role and i was really excited about it and it was really fun and we rehearsed all the time even though we rehearsed in a manner that makes me angry which is that you just go from start to finish and like read through all the lines with no stopping no notes no like backing up to get something right it's just like you meet once a week and you run start to finish I'm like, I don't really know how people learn from that. 
uh, or, or improve from that. But that's what we did every week. Um, I've never, ever been a part of a production that did that yeah. as until you're at dress rehearsal or right, right. dry like, I really run. like the idea of like blocking the scenes and, you know, yeah. but because it was a DVD that was playing, like no one was pausing it. It was just go. And then for, you know, however long the movie is, let's say 90 minutes, you just go through the whole thing. Um, and, and we got it down. Um, right. certainly. And I, I, as a result, like know every line from that movie and every character's cue from that movie for the rest of my life. Um, I think I've probably seen that movie second most in my life, second to Labyrinth because of, but that Labyrinth is by choice. Rocky Horror was. Yeah. Labyrinth is, Labyrinth is also probably the movie I've seen the most times. I really think I can say the whole thing. And I'm not somebody who learns lines or who likes to quote movies because I think it's kind of annoying. I think it's kind of, it's cheap humor to me. I don't like quoters. Which, it is. You don't have yeah. to come for men like that right now. We don't. We don't. It's to not call about people. men. I've known a lot of annoying girls whose only sense of humor is like, "Hey, you know that reference we're both in on? I can regurgitate it." Like I hate that, and that's something that is really prevalent in nerd culture. So that's not that's not a popular opinion. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is. It is. And I'm super guilty of it. I'm a album re- walking reference. No, um, you're not. I absolutely am. You oh don't my quote god. At me. Not at you. Oh, I'm call you everywhere so else. Oh, okay. And what, do you, what and kinds of things? Like Princess also, Bride? Are you always like quoting no, Princess Bride? <laughs> no, if I'm, if I'm, you know what? It's more like I don't quote things. I just make like punny references or like reference things like, oh, it's just like that in that movie. It's just oh, like this. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That, that's oh, fine. that's acceptable? Okay. Yeah, I, I, just, don't like really I, quote. I don't like quoting. Oh, okay. okay. And then everybody so then I guess starts I'm... going off and everyone knows the monologue and like, you know, somebody says, what's the date? It's November 5th. And then not only do you have to hear, remember, remember the 5th of November, you have to hear the, the gunpowder trees and his plot, blah, blah, blah. And like everybody's doing it. And it's something that happens a lot in nerd circles. And I'm just like, we all know what you're saying. That's not, it's not funny. It's not quippy. It's not witty. I'm not into it. I like what's happening right now because Avalon got really mad just now and like her face got all <laughs> squished up into into a little pinch ball and uh we saw some real rage right now my that same girlfriend that i was talking about i got in a big fight with about it once because about like, about like overly quoting things yeah because that was pretty much her only sense of humor was quoting things and one time i was what? just like you don't have to do that when we're one-on-one and yeah, that's judgy and shitty. But also, you know, when you're in a relationship, you spend too much time with somebody. Right. And you get sick of things yeah, that are, that yeah. are like maybe things that in other situations that you would just brush off and not, not mind, yes. but because you're with them all the time, you, you have to care. All right. Can I ask my own question of myself? Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So what yeah. I really want to talk about is when I first saw Rocky Horror. Oh my God. Tell me. Okay. Okay. So. It's Halloween, third grade. (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) I go trick-or-treating with my friend Jacqueline Smith. Which, by the way, is around the same time that you were watching romping sex comedy anime. No, this was way before. (laughs) That was like like fifth and sixth grade. This was like second or third. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, it's Halloween. I had just gotten a TV in my room because I'm an only (gasps) child, and so sometimes I would have these luxuries. 
Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was obsessed with watching VH1 because it was the peak of the Spice Girls and pop-up video. Oh, absolutely. You don't have to tell VH1. me. So I get back from trick-or-treating, turn on the TV. We're going to see if we can find like a Halloween movie. And Rocky Horror is on when I turn on the TV. And it has a very definite like horror kind of vibe, like with the lighting and things like that. And you think, ooh, we're about to watch a scary movie. But absolutely. No. And then it and then it gets weird. And then it's Rocky Horror. And we watched it probably for half an hour before we both just kind of agreed we should probably turn the channel. I think we agreed to turn the channel around the scene where uh, Tim Curry has sex with Brad and Janet separately and like is pretending to be both of them and like the first one he's having sex with janet pretending to be brad heteronormative scandalous but like kind of a third grader's comfort zone a little bit but then he ends up having sex with brad which was probably my first exposure to homosexuality on tv to be honest with you it was a bit much so we turned the channel and then we watched chucky and then that was even more traumatic um, yeah, I was going to say, like, go back to to the, the homosexuality uh, and, and turn away from the reason why all people are afraid of dolls yeah. in adulthood. Um, so that was it. It burned into my brain, though. Like, the colors yeah. of it. Like, it was just so weird. And, like, obviously too young to be, like, a sexual being. But, like, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe there's a part in the back of your crocodile brain that's just kind of like... <laughs> like what's happening here i'm curious about this um, absolutely oh my god please yeah. way before and, like, i hit puberty i was like wondering tim yeah. curry makes you have these like weird sexual stirrings even though he's wearing like full face of makeup like I even honestly, though because well, for a third grader yeah like, <laughs> so i honestly like i have never liked i've never in during adolescence or whatever like the the people that I was like super like crushing on in terms of celebrities never made sense to me and never made sense to anyone around me. And I like, I don't want to blame it on seeing Rocky Horror because that's insane. But I do want to thank Rocky Horror. I want to thank Rocky Horror. For, and I yeah. want to say that like that's a moment in my life where things like things make sense when I go back to that. Um, oh, can, can you give me like one example of a celebrity crush you had? That maybe didn't make sense to anyone else. Yeah. I mean, Prince is a huge one. Oh, Um, yeah. Okay. I see it. Yeah. I was really into, I mean, generally it was like effeminate men, but also, and this one I don't want to admit given like current circumstances, I was in love with Woody Allen. Like I had a Woody Allen poster on my wall. I thought he was like my dream guy. I know. But, like, this kind of, like, Woody Allen being this nerdy, insecure, funny, well-read, like, self-deprecating New York Jew, which growing up in Tennessee, I didn't really know was a thing. I just liked smart guys with depression. Right. And neuroses. And neuroses. And neuroses, yeah. That was, I think, the appeal. They were, like, my manic pixie dream guys. (laughs) Right. That's, you know, and then, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, all your dreams were ruined because he's a piece of trash. Oh, my God. I mean, it was not. Yeah. I mean, him, him marrying, I don't remember her name. Um, Not cool, but also something I didn't really know about. I just saw a couple of his movies on TV and, like, 
got a couple of his books from the library. Like I didn't know. I didn't oh, know. right. You're a teenager. Yeah. It's not, it's not your responsibility to, to, <laughs> to know. Yeah. But I got one uh, of his like stand up comedy uh, vinyls. Like I was just like, I thought he was the bee's knees. So yeah, yeah. I remember specifically being in detention with a girl who was very typical, like was a cheerleader. It was high school. It was fine. And she was trying to connect with me. She was trying to talk to me about like who I would go to prom with if I could, like what celebrity. And I was just like, I can't think of any celebrities. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say right now. And then she asked me, Paul Walker or Vin Diesel. And I knew in that moment I needed to never talk <laughs> To anybody yeah. about celebrities that I was attracted to. Wait, what's which one is Paul Walker? I know Vin he Diesel because he in plays D and D. He was Paul Walker was the white guy cop undercover in Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, oh, okay, I do remember him. Okay, just, I'm I just do. trying to put a timestamp on this. Like Fast and yes. the Furious at its peak, who do you want to bring to prom? In hindsight. I would say Paul Walker is pretty cute, but at the time I was just like, oh, I don't know, is a prince, Tim Curry, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, will it replace Judas and Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> I oh, oh I I really like okay so I I like this meme that I've seen a lot on the internet and it's like you could tell it's just like something like you could tell a lot about a person by which movie they identify Tim Curry from oh yeah is Rocky Horror yours it is it is mine but I will say that I also like as a little kid not I had no idea it was the same guy like after seeing Rocky Horror in the half an hour of it that I saw it as as a kid I definitely had a huge crush on him in Muppet Treasure Island oh yeah thank you Um, so much Muppet Treasure Island I didn't make that connection and then also as an even younger kid my mom um would always rent Legend the movie from the library Mm -hmm. and it was kind of weirdly sexy in that but also totally unrecognizable as satan yeah my grandmother voice it's the voice my grandmother made me watch that movie the one with the uh, where he's like the the hero of all the witches at witch school oh Uh, yeah yeah whatever that witch the worst witch, thank you. Yeah, yeah I only my grandma know about used to make me watch of that. The, the clip, the him clip. I had never oh, seen the yeah. full movie. Oh yeah, I had seen the full movie every year on Halloween because I'm my so grandmother, <laughs> my grandmother's birthday was on Halloween, so oh. that was like her favorite holiday, and yeah. that was like her thing. But that so that's, was that's your Tim Curry. Oh no, Muppet Treasure Island is Mike oh, Tim Curry. I tried to so block sexy. out the worst witch. Yeah, it's oh. really hard to like. Of course you. So you don't want to sexualize kids, but I'm just being upfront. Like there was some, I I am cognizant of some sexuality early on in my own life. And I'm pretty sure that's probably everybody's experience, but it makes us feel weird. So we don't talk about it. Um, Yeah. Oh, you start to have have crushes when you're a kid. Yeah. But Um, you kind of start to have like confusing, like fantasies also, I feel like. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And like for me, it like manifested in like, <laughs> which we're not gonna like go too deep we into that, go but too like, deep into this, yeah. but like, like weird kidnapping fantasies about like Tim Curry or others. Diana, my whole childhood was trying to get people to kidnap me. <laughs> Thank God you paused way too much during that sentence. <laughs> Yeah. I have been in agony it's, for about I, five seconds. I think it's like 
I think there's a lot there. I think there's a I lot think there, is. there. It absolutely. But is. I mean, yeah. we always. I was never playing with like Barbies person. I was never a dolls person. Just didn't like them. But I was a huge fan of just like playing make believe and playing pretend. And I just would annoy the shit out of everybody because I would always just be like, "All right, but it's a really important thing that like part of the plot is like now the bad guy kidnaps me." Yeah. And they're like, "And we yeah. rescue you." And I'm like, "Yes, you do, but not at first. <laughs> <laughs> But not yet. Give it time. Give, let it, it, give it a couple minutes. Let it percolate. Yeah. You gotta you gotta let the kidnapping <laughs> settle. Yeah. But then yeah. kidnapping oh. for sure. Yeah, there's no way that isn't just our brains trying to like puzzle out weird, confusing feelings. hundred percent. hundred percent. And I think that I had a little bit of a jump on the weird, confusing feelings because of that early exposure to Rocky Horror. Yeah. I really yeah. do. <laughs> 100 percent without a doubt and then it it was like latent for like a lot of years and then probably in like high school i saw it again and then i got super into like the music and i made my friend watch it and i got it on dvd and it was really cool (laughs) it wasn't cool it was not cool it was cool to me privately it's cool it's cool to me so okay so then is there would you say because there's got to be like there's a culture around this movie too it's not like it's not like just people who like it like oh like i would say like oh i like rocky horror sure but like i'm not a person who like seeks it out or goes or like knows what the callbacks are except for maybe i i I might remember a few in the spot but like there's a culture around this people are obsessed with it and i don't think so there are other cult things that people are obsessed with you know i'm gonna say like the room because it's sort of on my mind because it's topical right now that people are into because like it's really funny or it's ironic or it's unique i truly think that the staying power of rocky horror is that it created opportunities for communities for fucking weirdos who did not have the internet and did not have any other way to not feel completely isolated and i think it's a really important litmus test for queer people i think that there are probably tons and tons of people at a developmental age that don't know why they like it so much and don't know why it's so much fun but like it's the first time in their lives they get to put on like bondage attire or dress as a different gender or Or watch like two girls hit on each other or two guys hit on each other yeah like it's it's very Mm. normal in that in that theater room all of these things are completely normal. You have really like, it's really body positive, the community. It's, I just think that it gives people a safe place to explore things that they probably have never been able to explore before and to have community and acceptance from that. And I think that because so many people find it when they're like post pubescent, but it's still, it's still new. Their sexuality is new. They're still figuring it out. I think that it becomes super formative and like an extremely healthy space for people to figure themselves out for the first time. Um, But I do want to say that that being said, because I just really sang its praises, that I do understand that it is not holding up. Yeah, I'm assuming you're talking about Tim Curry, sweet transvestite, definitely does not does not keep up with our current understanding of what you know gender fluidity actually could mean but at the time was probably i've just made a lot of statements about it in general when those statements were probably about my own experience with it 
or what I've heard from others or what I've perceived. But I do know that for some people it it creates harm more so than it's like a a doorway. And in a way, I kind of feel like that's great. And that means that they don't need that kind of a doorway anymore. And maybe they've found a healthier one uh, for them personally. But it is mixed. I mean, it's anecdotal, but I, I do know a lot of people from different who identify in different ways who appreciate it. And I know people who identify in different ways who think that it's a dinosaur and it's time for it to be done. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, I, I feel like for certainly for the time to have like a, a popular movie going around where a lead character is cross-dressing and is uh, identifying as gender fluid could definitely be something that would open a door for lots of people. But yeah. here, you know, like when I think about that word outside of the context of Rocky Horror Picture Show, I yeah. definitely get a it's cringy feeling. I'm yeah. like, uh, 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 uh. definitely has some problematic context to it now for sure. Yeah. And I would understand anybody. I would definitely understand anybody not really identifying with that film. I absolutely but, agree. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that it's a great thing that you don't have to anymore. And that's not the only thing for, that speaks for you or speaks for your particular community. I understand people thinking that it might like perpetuate misunderstanding of what mm-hmm. transsexual or transgender means. That it, you know, the, ca- the characters that are quote unquote transvestite are n- neither transsexual nor transgender. And they're not only the bad guys, but they're also aliens. Um, oh right right. okay i forgot about that yeah okay so they're vilified Mm. they're they're weird you know they're i i truly do not i can see like a brand new audience seeing that movie in someone's living room and and internalizing that i truly don't think that the people who are showing up though feel that way or internalize it i think the people who are showing up are probably just like bullied confused queer teenagers that get to show more skin than they've ever before and maybe get to kiss a girl. Yeah. Who's a, because they're also a girl. I don't, yeah. I, I th- because I think the focus really, I think it's more about community, but that's not an excuse. Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that there's something to be said about that. And I know that we'll talk about this more later, but Rent also has a, a, a situation like that mm. in it mm. that I, I would talk about that uh, I think for the time, Something being groundbreaking for a lot of people can definitely become outdated to the point where maybe it's no longer useful. And sure. I think I would definitely not, I, I would definitely not argue that the sh- the movie needs to go or it needs to be like put away or anything like that. But I did get a little cr- uh, cringe feeling when I saw it. somebody was like talking about them remaking it or something. Yeah. And and I think that might have been maybe possibly problematic. Like how that, I mean, you that's when I saw the conversations that. really like yeah. about it. Um, I did not see the remake and I will never because it was a made for TV movie and fucking Laverne. Oh, Cox, it happened. Laverne Cox played Tim Curry's character. Wait. Oh, oh, is that I can't tell if that's good or bad. Is that good or is that bad? I don't know. Can Laverne Cox know. sing? I, I don't know. I. I mean, I just don't want to see it. It's not about Laverne Cox. It's just like... Yeah, because I love her. I I just... um... My problem with it is that I I do kind of feel like she was cast in a pandering way. Mm, Why wouldn't you cast Mm. somebody that was like... I don't know. 
Right. Maybe she, I, maybe she can sing. I haven't heard her sing. So that that's maybe what I would base it on. But it did kind of feel like this is the only visible trans person that Fox knows about. So let's I don't know. I personally hate all of the made for TV musicals that they do. I, don't I hate think that every this single one, one was live. Oh, thank God. I don't, I, mean, uh, I don't know if that's better or worse. Because at least when it's live, you can blame it on it being live when it sucks. I haven't seen any of them, but I won't. I won't you definitely. It. I can't. I've seen live productions of things the, um, that are amazing. Jesus Christ Superstar one. I mentioned that before, but I do really like that soundtrack. I love that soundtrack, but I... Yeah. Ugh, live performances on television, for some yeah. reason, they're just like half-assed. And they do, you know, they, they, I would be curious to see it because I want to know if they, if they changed things to make it a little less offensive offensive in certain ways. I would hope that they wouldn't desexualize it because that's kind of part of the whole charm of it, but maybe to change the, oh, okay. It's Frankenstein. Frankenfurter, right? It's not like Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah, it's Dr. Frankenfurter. Oh, it's Dr. Frankenfurter. Okay, I wasn't sure. Because there's like a a Frankenstein's monster plot and they made it phallic. Oh, right. The guy was the guy. uh, Rocky. uh, Rocky is the the monster. (laughs) Is the monster. He's the one in the tidy whities. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's actually, it's not tidy whities. It's actually like golden little hot pants. Oh, oh. Yeah. Why did I? I think. The. Like heteronormative, like stuffy guy is running around in his little tidy whities. Brad, yeah, Brad. Okay, Brad, okay. who you, I'm sure, know, plays FDR and FDR American Badass. It's the same person. But everybody <laughs> in the, yeah, everybody in the movie sang, with the exception of Rocky, who they voiceovered. Um, the actor was, I think, like an Olympic swimmer. That they hired for his body, and then they just, like, voiced over. He had no They lines. couldn't find a hot person who sings? Like, I mean, maybe that, not that hot? I don't know. How can that be possible? Like, there are so many hot people on this earth. He didn't even, I mean, he was, he was kind of like a butterface, you know? Like, he, it was just his body that was, like, immaculate. But he was so muscular that I remember distinctly feeling weird that his, like, belly button was flat <laughs> like he like it was like his belly button muscles were so defined that his he it was like an alien it was like kyle xy if you watched yeah. that which i did not but i saw the commercial no i didn't i just saw the poster i yeah. know he has no belly button it was that's like a, part that's yeah, the only thing just, that like, anyone weird, knows about it's kyle like very xy unsettling to see someone without a belly button <laughs> yeah. and, it, and appropriate so maybe that's why they cast him I think I need to go back and like re-watch rocky horror the movie definitely and I think I might want to venture and watch the Laverne Cox one. One, because I kind of want to see what was done. I, also, if she can sing, like, I'll die, because that's that's too I mean, awesome. she must. Uh, if, she, I mean, she if she's be, in it. Yeah. But, like, um, can, but those shoes, like, how do you fill those shoes? What, no what shoes? disrespect to Laverne, Tim Curry. No disrespect to Laverne Cox. But, like, I can't think of anybody to put in that role that I would not sort of, like, crinkle my nose at it's very hard to when you have a beloved movie to see anyone else doing it i am so glad that it never happened i was so glad because i actually do like this stupid actor that was supposedly gonna do it but they were gonna make a drop dead fred reboot and I liked the actor that they were going to put in that role. Can't do it. 
It was too but important. No, it was emotionally that movie damaging was too, to me. Yeah. If they were going to remake that movie, it was going to upset me. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, I think, how I would feel if I were you about a remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you were in the show. Yeah. yeah. As, as Magenta. As Magenta. Have you been in it just the once? Have you been in other, like, iterations of it? Or have you done other iterations of it? No, I mean, I've attended a few times. I was in it. It was just a single-run thing that my university was doing, and there wasn't anything in my town. When I first moved to Eugene and, like, was very conscious about getting involved with, like, different kinds of local creative communities, um, one of the first things that I did was find the Rocky Horror cast here and reach out to them um, expressing interest and saying my experience and this and that. Um, and they were very receptive, but it's, it's like mostly undergrads. And at first I was okay with that as long as they were okay with me being a little bit older and you know, like I'm a grad student, so it's not like I'm not affiliated with the university and they perform off campus. But then like I saw them perform and I just thought like, I don't want to take that space away from them like they mm-hmm. they're building that community they're figuring that out they, they're babies like they're so little and like they're making friends for life and they're like making mistakes and they're like doing weird sexual experimentation probably and like having photos taken of them that they're really going to regret <laughs> and then eventually right. you can't be take that excited away from someone you have to you don't let that take that away from like a 19 year old you know so i just found other outlets in town that i felt like you know were also queer or you know kind of kinky or kind of weird or yeah. if there was like a a cast that was not university affiliated at a theater like i would be really excited to try out for that uh i don't think that i could try out for the singing ones just because I am super insecure about singing but I do miss it I was kind of sad to come to the conclusion that I had aged out yeah I I could uh, that is a sad thing I yeah it would be weird for me I've never I haven't had this experience yet because I haven't um started grad school yet but I haven't been a part of a like a university experience past that age you know so that is that's kind of sad, yeah, to, to not be able to be involved in, in things at a... And they uh, were so nice, but, like, what, am I going to go to the cast parties? Like, you know, no. Yeah, yeah, And no, then if I no. don't do that, then, like, I'm kind of standoffish. And, like, do I think I'm better than them because I'm older? But if I do do that, like, yeesh. Or am I going to, like, yeah. play spin the bottle? Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's you... not my place anymore. Yeah, we have we and that's why I think it's really important that we keep venues and opportunities for adults that want to keep exploring who they are and like engaging in like fun activities together where we like get to be weird and be crazy and 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 try things and find out who we are because like it's not like I've turned 21 and I've figured it all out. Yeah, like no, nobody's, or 25, no, or 26, yeah. Yeah, totally. there's no such thing as that. Um, and I have definitely found that through, like, being involved with the queer burlesque troupe in exactly yeah. the same way, just in a space that's slightly more age-appropriate. Exactly, For me, yeah. so, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I, I may have pitched it to the troupe that, like, maybe we could do, like, a little Halloween Rocky Horror thing, and I think they just didn't want to really step on the toes of that group, and then also differing opinions, maybe, about some of the things in Rocky Horror, which we've already talked about, so so I'll just have to be an audience member, and that's fine. 
Yeah. But I think, yeah, one of the most important parts of the culture of it, aside from the callbacks that I'm just remembering, is the whole like deflowering virgin thing, which it occurs to me that you may not have experienced if you were in it when you went to it. Oh, okay. Wait, walk me through this. What does that mean? So if you are a virgin, you've never seen Rocky Horror before, or at least not like live with a shadow cast. So when you go to a shadow cast all across the country, right off the bat, when you show up, they're going to ask you. And then if you've never been before, they draw a V on your forehead and red lipstick. And then before the movie starts, there's like a consent based, like audience virgin participation thing down in front. And like, it's like usually like something that's on par with an icebreaker. Um, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to, but it is definitely part of the tradition. And like, usually it's like kind of sex based. So it's like, you're randomly oh. paired up with somebody and like whoever, of the of the little pairs, whoever has like the best like fake orgasm wins. You know, you don't win anything, but it's it always I, yeah, it happens before the movie every time. I remember something about <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, something to do with like eating something out of someone's waistband that or right. something like that. Yeah. Okay, so that was that. Yeah. I had no idea that that was about people who'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like just people who wanted to have fun. <laughs> no, it's about never seeing it before. It's like a rite of passage. Um, I've been very excited every time I've gotten to take somebody and they're a virgin and like I Ooh, yeah, watch that's them fun. go through it. Um, again, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to, but it is definitely tradition. So I got to take Francis. Um, <gasps> oh my God. What did he do? What did he do? Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't as memorable as I wanted to be. I think it was like, I think it was, they were paired up and then um, some, the each pair had to like come up with the most creative sex position, the most like outlandish or weird. And like, like freeze in that position and then like the cast would come around and judge like what was like the funniest <laughs> one or the weirdest one or whatever yeah I think it was something like that so but um mine when I first went was the fake orgasm which as I explained in that audition story can't really do stuff like that in front of crowds of strangers did I, you win no <gasps> no I think I probably acted too cool for it because I was shy or anxious about right it. right You're, i think you, i was probably just go like, over the top i think i was probably sarcastically like oh <laughs> <laughs> just like just because i wanted them to like i wasn't gonna win like just keep moving but um but yeah. i was inside really excited to be down front like participating that's really fun yeah um, really fun. yeah so i know i definitely missed out on that i, well, I did you, not ever if have you that go experience. i think for for just fun z's you should pretend like you haven't done it before so that you have to do that okay all right i will do that i, n- I need to find a, a rocky horror show i mean you, around you live in new york city <laughs> it's, I, I it's weekly it's like, weekly i'm sure i'm sure yeah. <laughs> uh, okay is magenta who is the one that you yes. played yeah is that your dream role if you could be in the play or who would be your dream character to play? Okay, so they cast, like, not at all based on body type. But for me personally, I would probably feel funny being, like, Rocky, right? I don't know. I might actually choose Columbia. Yeah. I think that, okay. like, on the, on the outside, I'm a magenta, and on the inside, I'm a Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd like to do, like, the dumb tap dancing. Like, I think I'd like to be, like, the kind of, like, obnoxious... She shows a lot more skin than Magenta does. 
She's in a lot. She's in like almost as many scenes as anyone else. Yeah. Because she's in okay. the floor show at the end when they're all like dancing and stuff. So Right. Um okay, so that just would comes be in at like... the very end after the floor show in like a new like alien outfit and is just like standing next to her brother who's like, We're taking over now. With like an amazing <laughs> song. And like she just is like literally standing there, like smiling and nodding, which was the perfect role for me at yeah. that age. But like I might want some like really sequiny hot pants and a little like sequin top hat. I think I've graduated. <laughs> well, yeah, you do queer burlesque now. You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you're I can, on top I can have of like it. boobs out. Well, I can handle yeah. that now. I couldn't then. Oh my god, that's so much fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so anything I'm trying to think, is there anything I May not know that you think about about Rocky Horror Picture Show, about either the show, the movie, the play, the culture around it, like something that I would not know as someone who is an outsider who definitely like slept through it. Meatloaf, awesomely, was in the original and agreed to come over to America to film his very short part as Eddie. I am freaking out about yeah. that. I thought that that was a gimmick done for American audiences. No. Oh. Meatloaf was in the original. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so he, I mean, he has like a, the plot revolves around him a lot. He has a full song, but otherwise he's not really in it very much because he dies pretty early on um, and is cannibalized. Right, but of course. important to the story is before like before the movie has started the character of columbia is is tim curry's girlfriend tim curry's character girlfriend um right and then is meatloaf's girlfriend and then tim curry and maybe tim curry is also with meatloaf you know it's 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 wild and crazy times at the castle right um but tim curry when he decides that he wants to make this frankenstein's monster named rocky he takes half of meatloaf's brain to make Rocky and then puts him in like a deep freeze cooler. So when Rocky is brought to life with half a brain, which is probably why he doesn't talk, um, meatloaf in that scene comes out of the deep freezer with like a big, like gash on his head because half of his brain's been removed and he's like singing a song and like riding his motorcycle around. He comes out of the deep freeze on his motorcycle and he's like running down the Transylvanians. And then he has like a scene with Columbia where they're like, kissing and smooching and stuff uh and then dr frankenfurter the implication is that he's so upset the attention has been taken away from him and his invention of rocky he comes and kills meatloaf with an axe pretty brutally which is where i came in on it in third grade and why i thought it was a normal horror movie that's where oh wow yeah um oh so yeah and then there's a song, there's like a, a part of a song where uh, that Columbia sings to the memory of Meatloaf. And then there's a scene at the end, towards the end, I should say, where they're all eating dinner to celebrate Rocky's birthday. And then like it dawns on them that Frankenfurter is feeding them Meatloaf. Um, no, pun, <gasps> no pun intended there. Um, and that's they, a reference. Yeah. Oh my God, that's... Um, oh, okay, so they're breaking the fourth wall with that No, one. no, it, I, no. They're not. He's like in the form of steak. They don't call it meatloaf. They're just eating. I'm just, I'm saying they're eating meatloaf. It's a really, oh, it's an unintentional oh, pun. Oh, yes. oh, it's steak and they're, oh yes, God. they're eating Eddie. Oh, God. They're eating Eddie. 
Um, they're eating Eddie yeah. in the form of steak. They're eating yes. meatloaf. Yes. And like Columbia freaks character. out. Um, yeah. And the like old scientist who comes to investigate what's going on, who's in a wheelchair, is Eddie's oh, yeah, uncle. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why he's there to investigate is because, like, Eddie sent him a letter that was like, please come I home. have seen this movie. Like, wh- I don't know <laughs> any of this. Like, I... Because it's never uh, been about the story. Uh, it's, yeah. it's been about the songs. It's been about the characters. It's been about the community. But it has never right. been about the story. Um, and about, especially if you're about, watching it drunk, first of all, but in a crowd of people yelling, like, well, you're not going to know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's about like smooching and being in sexy clothes and like smooching and being in sexy clothes and smooching on girls and guys and and non-binary and and non-binary. Yeah, exactly. And 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 courses for everybody. Courses for everyone. My favorite thing about that was that a guy in the cast asked uh me if i had a spare corset he could borrow and i thought that that was the best thing that ever happened yeah, like at that wonderful. point in my life i was like yeah you can have yeah you can have it and then my most favorite part and i may be outing this person no hopefully names. I, there's no, no chance names. that they listen to this podcast but also but no they, one else would know who yeah are. no one else would know but they never gave it back and like I oh. think, you know, maybe like I, uh, I'm, I'm happy that that, my, like I never was upset. I was like just quietly on the inside, like, ooh, okay, good. I love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I love everybody. Always looks so cute, like in the show or in the audience. Like I love the boys in corsets. They're oh so my god, boys in corsets. They're like little college bodies, you know. <laughs> oh, boys in corsets. I know, and you've got all the girls figuring it out. It's boys great. in makeup. I know. Girls in like crazy makeup, like crazy all makeup. the eyelashes, yeah. eyelashes all the time. I know. And like, I'm loving this red lipstick that you're wearing right now. I can't pull that off. Yeah, you can. Uh, but no, no, sh- I can't. Um, but you're like. At- it's just so accentuated your your well now you're making a face but but it's so beautiful thank you i definitely did not think i could pull it off until i wore it repeatedly for stage stuff and then i realized i just wasn't used to what it looked like i i don't own any lipstick so i just um hey what's your lip put a lot shape what let me see your lips yeah you have a good lip shape there's no reason for you not to wear lipstick I I would like to. It's I just like have never have, found like, odds or difficult skin color I, where I like, like things don't complement you. You just have you're all of I think you know what I think it no, is is that I didn't start wearing makeup at all until I was well into adulthood and so I'm not used to seeing my face Same. with with lipstick on. That's what I was saying. That um, I just had to force myself for stage stuff. And then when I realized, like, oh, I'm, I just wasn't used to what it looked like. It wasn't that it looked bad or garish. It was just that, like, I'm a natural-looking person right. usually. Yeah. It's like, have you ever had that happen where, like, you get a haircut and that day you feel like it's a bad haircut? And then, like, two days later, it's good. No. And it's not because the haircut changed. It's because you weren't used to... No, okay. No, I'm only because I've had the exact same hairstyle for 
15 years. Uh, okay. I get, <laughs> but I can, I, I can get, understand what you're saying. I get dramatic short haircuts. So I, I go through like a crisis yeah. of faith every time that I get a haircut. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, uh, wear lipstick, start out with something not strongly colored or start out when it's something like a costume. Okay, which just means to me that I need to start doing things again that require me to be in costumes. Yeah. yeah. That I was also fine. really insecure about wearing lipstick because I don't have a Cupid's bow and I have to like draw it in and I thought I looked I it just that part was really hard for me to get used to. Like you but can kind of like see it like my lip actually is just like goes over in a circle. I had no idea that it looks so perfect I mean first of all you're on like a webcam so it's probably easier but like I just got used to drawing it in (laughs) otherwise like I thought I looked like a weird like suction cup monster because my mouth is like perfectly round (laughs) I I am sure that it would still look beautiful but that is also like a Rocky Horror thing it's like the big lips the big red lips is like the thing right that's That's like at the beginning okay yeah so that was supposed to be um that was supposed to be the actress who plays Magenta Patricia Quinn um was supposed to do those lips and at the last minute Richard O'Brien was like I don't think your lips are good enough and it's his <gasps> lips. Uh, all right. Like, I mean, they're great. They're great lips, but also I'm a little put off by I think this. it was a little bit of a thing. I don't think she found out about it until, like, the screening. <gasps> Ooh. That's some Again, if I'm saying drama. something wrong, like, don't hate me. I, I'm pretty sure that was in the DVD special features that I watched in high school, so. I mean, that sounds ridiculous enough to be true. Isn't that so funny, though? It, it, that's really Can hilarious. Can you imagine, like, like, being like, my lips are the lips? And then you go you... to the movie, and the whole, like, three-and-a-half-minute intro song is like, that's not my teeth? Do you know, do you know what that reminds me of? No. It, it reminds me of the labyrinth thing. What labyrinth thing? Which where the one where like the baby's laugh gurgle was not good was enough David for Bowie. the track. So it was David Bowie. <laughs> They're like, this baby is not laughing the way that we need him to for this track. There's nothing I love more than that movie. <laughs> so I that just reminds me of that like yeah, you're singing this song and it's supposed to be your lips, but it's not good enough. Speaking <laughs> of like DVD special features, the Labyrinth DVD special features, the like little documentary of Henson Studios where they're making it, um, wherein they say that David Bowie was not even like the third choice for casting. What? Number one choice, Michael Jackson. <gasps> Can you imagine? I would be just as obsessed with that movie. Oh, maybe. I would I would be just as obsessed with that movie, It would be I a think. little bit hard not to look at it through, like, the little kid-stealing lens, though, you know? Oh. Oh! Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. I didn't even... Oh, God, oh, God. Oh. See? It would have ruined oh, it. Oh, I forgot. Oh, he the ruined it. The music would have been no. amazing, though. It would have been totally different, uh, but it would have been amazing. Uh, I'm surprised wow. you turned it down. I feel like that... Project really would have resonated. Like, honestly, you know? thank God he did. That would that, that would have been a hard legacy. I can't remember uh, the other 
musician they were looking at. I feel like it might have been like Keith Richards or something. Like it was like <laughs> beyond my ability to imagine um, <laughs> the purity and goodness that is Labyrinth. Another mm-hmm. confusing sexual awakening movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that they did that intentionally. There's no chance they didn't. Those pants? Those pants that um, I'm going to force you to marry me storyline by stealing a baby. Like, what? I don't, I don't even, it's I okay. can't even begin to unpack. It's the... okay. <laughs> it, it completely ruined the human that I ended up being. Yeah. That might oh, be yeah. why I needed to be kidnapped so badly. I mean, it might have had a lot to do with that. It absolutely, I was watching that movie when I was a little kid. Little, like yeah. that. Yeah. It was romantic. It was in air quotes. Like yeah. I thought that it was like the most romantic. Oh yeah, thing absolutely. For me to possibly internalize. <laughs> yeah, that a I man mean, would be motivated s- to do to 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 alter time itself, to alter all reality, yeah. to to get you to to stay to with him, to steal the baby. I wish you know, like, what if he had just oh approached? God. What if he had just approached it like? She hated her family and she was like obsessed with like fantasy and creativity and like he could have just been like, fuck this place, Sarah. Let's steal this baby together and then be the goblin queen. And I think that if he had done that from moment one, that would have gone over very well. Yeah. She could have been the biggest goblin queen. She was totally goblin queen material. Uh, or honestly, like baby stealing aside, well, <laughs> which I'm I don't know. Saying, if that was... like, maybe it's like a contractual like <laughs> obligation in this like fey world where the baby a baby had to there had to be a baby, uh, a baby has to become a goblin in order yeah. for a marriage to take place. <laughs> it's part. Of... <laughs> I think that that is definitely. I think that's definitely. That's canon. in the oldest of lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it probably fucking is too, and I'm just here don't being an idiot. don't go into the hedge without a baby, <laughs> a baby that you're ready to, to turn into a goblin. It also has to be to wearing turn. a striped onesie. Yeah, Diana, yeah. Diana, Diana. What? When we like either live to like near each other or are just near each other or whatever, can we please like cosplay like where you're Toby? <laughs> And Jared, Sarah. No, I don't want to be Sarah. I want to be Jared. You want to be Jared? Yeah. Can I like pull you around in like a wagon or something? Please. Like, what would it take for you and I to be in the same place as Jared and Toby? It look. It will take very little convincing to get me to wear a red and white striped onesie with that cap. I want to do it anyway. I will absolutely do it. I'm so happy. If you if you get me a Sir Lancelot that I can keep. That's all I want. I want a Sir Lancelot. Like a doll or you the stuff the stuffed the stuff, animal yeah, that he steals animal? from yeah, yeah. That's no. Yes, yes, Lancelot. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus is my favorite character. Yeah, no. I thought you wanted a Sir Didymus to run around on Sammy. Oh, no. I want Sir Didymus to be real and I want him to come here right now. Yeah. But that's, you know, something. Well, I guess I, I need to say the magic words, which are I wish Sir Didymus were real and that he would come here right now. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. all it takes. So we'll do that. Absolutely. Alternatively, I can be Sarah and you can be Hoggle. 
Uh, yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> I was really. I think. I think really. I what? Maybe I. I. I want to be Sir Didymus, but that oh. I don't think that's possible. To you could be all right. So this is going to be a three-day event when we go to the Labyrinth Convention that we also produced. Um, yeah, yeah, we have to start it. Day end. three, you can be Sir Didymus, and I want to be Ludo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> all and right, then I'm we can good with this. Brothers. <laughs> Brother! Yeah! I love and it! Oh my god. I can be like, smell bad. That's gonna be a, a, a thing that's gonna make me self conscious, but I'm okay with it. Smell bad. <laughs> I am kind of sad that we never ended up being like the fire gang, though. Oh. oh my god, oh my god. Okay, so the Saturday night party at this convention. At the made-up convention that yeah. we're running, yeah. We're the fire dancers, but because we're more creative than that, you are you are the fire gang guy, and I am dressed in all black behind you like the puppeteer that you can kind of see on the green screen a little bit. Yeah, you definitely see. And then I can stand behind <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually hysterical. I know. But we have to play the music with... Like, in the background, like, the whole time. Like, the, the pickup drums in the beginning, though, only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to have that, like, just following. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, if if we... So, can we, like... I guess cosplaying for Rocky Horror Picture Show is not... It's cosplay inclusive. Something, it's co- yeah, yeah, you can just cosplay as... You don't even have to really cosplay. You can just no, kind you can of just dress. No, just be sexy. Yeah. Yeah, you can just be sexy. Yeah. Or, like... And, like, be of another gender yeah right you can just be dressed gender fluid or or cross-dressed i typically don't see people in the audience dressing as the characters i don't think it's like a faux pas but i think that like the actors are normal normally the only ones that are specifically dressed like the characters that is interesting because i i don't remember anybody being Mm -hmm. dressed as a specific character you were red you were not a lot you were corsets it's fun you wear eyeliner that you wouldn't normally wear it's good Everybody in, in lots of makeup, male, female, lots everybody yep. in so much makeup, yep. glitter everywhere. Lots of glitter. That's it's what good. I want. It's healthy. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't make for a good like cosplay uh, outfit like to go to like, you can't like show up at a convention and be like, I'm no. Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, I would feel yeah. comfortable dressing up as Columbia, I think is like the most recognizable. Because yeah. she has that gold top hat and those, like, rainbow sequin shorts. And I think you could probably wear that to a Halloween party, right? Like, I think oh, you, sure. could, you could maybe be Frankenfurter when he's dressed like a doctor because he has, like, comically big pink gloves and, like, a mint green lab coat and, like, oh, pearls, yeah. like, giant pearl necklace like Wilma Flintstone. Yes. I feel like that's yeah. recognizable. <laughs> um, but for the most if you had, part, like, yeah. If you had, like, a group. If you, if you had, had like, a, group, a group, you're great. You're set. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that that would be a really fun crossover group project. Like, you could do, like, a group, like, steampunk Rocky Horror. Like, or, a gr- you know what I mean? Like, I love crossovers. Or, like... I would love that so much. Yeah. Different oh, kinds and of, like... there are, like, ray guns in, in Rocky Horror Picture Show, aren't there? Yeah. At, some at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so... And there's, like, fits. a spaceship, but, you know, whatever. It's... You can do whatever yeah. you want with it, but I think it would... I like the idea of, like, fucking hate the, like, Disney princess reimagined phase but i would like to see a rocky horror disney princess reimagined crossover 
think that would be What's fun. What's Disney Princess Reimagined? What is that? Oh, it's that, like, clickbait bullshit where it's always like, Disney Princess is reimagined as the opposite gender. Disney Princess is reimagined as different kinds of wildcats. Disney Princess is oh, reimagined oh, oh. as anime characters. <laughs> You've never seen these? Oh, it's oh, so okay. obnoxious. No, I have. I have. Disney I have, Princess but I... is reimagined as being body positive. Like, it's just, like, too much. Yeah, there's, like, too many of yeah. them. Yeah. Okay, Disney princesses reimagined as Smash Brothers melee characters. Steampunk, yeah, exactly. That's absolutely one of them. Yeah. A Smash Brothers melee character. (laughs) (laughs) Rocky Horror Picture Show reimagined as Disney characters. That's what I want to see. That's exactly what I want to see. Okay, okay, all right. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's. let's, I'm going to Google. Let's hop to it, everyone. Yeah, since okay. we're inspiring so many, like, blossoming young artists, maybe they can make that happen. Yeah, make <laughs> Rocky Horror Disney princesses happen. Yes. Uh, I love it. <sighs> do you love it? Because I have some I do. bad news, I think. What is your bad news? I think it's time to say goodbye. Avalon. What I, is your bad news? I think it's time to say goodbye. But we're so fun and sexy, and I, I want to say goodbye. I know I'm covered in little black feathers, but I know you know you can find us in lots of other places in the meantime, Diana. What? Where? Where can I find us? I mean, you can find us in, in our own houses, but also you can find <laughs> us on the internet in a lot of different places. We have. On Instagram, we're at Femsplain Podcast. On Twitter, we're also at Femsplain Podcast. On Facebook, we are Femsplain Podcast. <laughs> and we have a blog, femsplain.wordbreasts.com. Oh, oh, oh. It's not uh, WordPress, it's, it's WordBreasts. It's WordBreasts, but it is actually femsplainedpodcast.wordpress.com. Oh. I'm so sorry. You mean WordBreast? Yeah, famsplainedpodcast.wordpress.com. Please don't sue us, WordPress. Um, <laughs> please do, because you are going to look do. like an idiot. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of places to interact with us. And um, I would actually like more interaction from people, too. So if you have any um, thoughts, questions, suggestions for topics, things that you want to say to us, um, rebuttals, you know, fan fiction about uh, our, our friendship, yeah. um, fem podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, I'd like to actually... see a, a, a friendship fan fiction where like we both are so insistent that we get kidnapped that like we're just in different towers. <laughs> Nobody saves us. No. They're like, We're well, they, they like, want it. All right, this. guys, come on. Uh, <laughs> um, and you can listen to us on multiple mm, platforms mm-hmm. now that I'm really excited All about. All over the place. All over the place. So we are hosted at Podbean, um, but you can listen to us on iTunes, mm-hmm. on Google Play, mm-hmm. and on Stitcher now. Yay! Yay! And I don't really know how Podbean, Stitcher, or Google Play works, but on iTunes, it wouldn't hurt if you gave us some five-star reviews. It just helps us show up for more people, and then maybe other people will like it. 
Um, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, you don't have to do it. If you feel like you need to be honest and you want to give us three stars, maybe just don't give us any. If you feel like you need to be honest, send us an email yeah. with your scathing review. Ooh, no, don't do that. But I if don't, you make me sad, I'll read it. I'll screen the emails. It's fine. Uh, but if but if you feel excited about this podcast and or you feel lukewarm but feel like helping us out, yeah, rate nice. it five stars. Yeah, <laughs> and and then send your scathing email to us anyway, and we'll and we'll. Um, delete it. If you could like put a mean emoji in the subject line, just so like we know. Oh, okay. We're like this. What we should rating was not real. That might be nice. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh my goodness! Wow, there's a lot of places to contact us. How are we maintaining all of those different (laughs) (laughs) accounts? Anxiety. That's how. (laughs) All right. All right, Diana. Mm. I have to go pick these black boa feathers out of my teeth they are everywhere yeah (laughs) all right i love you you